Our scripture reading tonight is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and verses 10 through 14. Hear God's word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, church. It's good to see all of you here again. I want to say welcome, uh, whoever you are. For whatever reason you're here, whatever you believe, whatever brought you here, we believe that God has designed us to be together this evening, and we are grateful. If you've been with us over the last few weeks, we have been in a sermon series that we've been calling Dwell. What we've been trying to do is take just one single verse, what's often considered to be one of the most potent verses in the Bible, uh, John 1.14. And we've been attempting to do a deep dive into this single verse to attempt as much as is humanly possible to understand the great mystery of the incarnation. John 1.14 says this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the last few weeks, we've been taking that week by week, phrase by phrase, and tonight we come nearly to the end of the verse to this beautiful phrase, he came from the Father. And in this single phrase, we hear proclaimed what is the heart of Christmas, the reason why we're here tonight. We heard it already sung to us. Did you hear it when Tracy sang it to you? He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord That's why we're here, friends, because Christians believe that in this child, the one we needed came. This is why we party at Christmas. This is why we give gifts. This is why we overeat. This is why we do ridiculous things like hang socks on the fireplace. Because we believe that when we were hopeless, when we were desperate, when we needed to be rescued, he came from the Father. This is the heart of Christmas, friends. And so what I want to do is ask the question, if this is true, and many of us here tonight, not all of us, but I know, but many of us do believe this is true, what are the implications for this, if it is true for us? The first thing I think this means, he came from the Father, is this, is that he came because of our need. If he came, it was because we needed somebody to come. Uh, Back in early December, just a few weeks ago, my family went to pick out a Christmas tree, like probably your family did, many families do, and um, I met up with my wife, Sarah, and my daughters over at uh, Sneed's Nursery over here on Huguenot, and we met, and we, it was really fun, we picked out a tree, and the 
nice man, you know, tied the tree to the roof of our van, and we began to drive back home. Now, we were in separ- I was in a separate vehicle from Sarah because I had met them after work, and I was with a couple of my girls, and we were singing songs, and it was very festive, and we were feeling very much in the Christmas spirit, and suddenly I get a phone call from Sarah, my wife. About three quarters of the way home, I pick up the phone, I said, hey, babe, what's up? She said, I'm stuck. I said, what's wrong? I'm out of gas. I said, oh, no, where are you? She said, I'm on the pow height. Now, um, if you're in Richmond and you know anything about the pow height, uh, the pow height express is just about the least hospitable place that you want to stop and run out of gas. So just picture, you know, my sweet wife, Sarah, she's in our van. It's completely dead. The gas, you know, out of gas. Um, hugging this tiny sliver of a shoulder on the pow height. Cars screaming past her 70 miles an hour with a Christmas tree tied to the roof of the van. So being the quick-thinking husband that I am, I said to her, okay, what do you need? (laughs) Now, my wife is not a cursing woman, uh, but if she were... Uh, She said, what I need is gas. I need you to come right now. I need you to come. So when John says he came, he is suggesting that we were in a desperate situation, that we needed him to come. Just like Sarah, who was stuck and could not get out of her situation, he's suggesting that we were in a situation like that, just as desperate, just as stuck, that we needed somebody to show up for us. A few weeks ago, I was sitting in my living room, and I looked out on the back porch, in the screened-in porch, and there was just a little bird that was somehow got into the trap back porch and was trapped in there. And it was, I'm sure you, you, you've seen this before. You can picture this in your mind. This little bird is just in a panic, you know, flipping and flying and crashing into the screen. It was trapped. It could not get out. There was no hope on its own to escape from its own prison. I had to intervene, step in, open the door, shush, you know, try to push the thing out and show it the way. And the Bible says, this is the situation that humanity finds itself in. We're trapped, stuck, unable to get out of our situation on our own. Dietrich Bonhoeffer actually wrote something very similar to this. He once wrote this, the best picture of Christmas is this, a prison cell in which one waits, hopes, and is completely dependent on the fact that the door of freedom has to be opened from the outside. Because we're stuck, he says. And if, if you don't believe that, oh my goodness, just think about the year that we've just had. Think about a year with some of the worst mass shootings in our history. Think about a year of never-ending terrorist attacks. Think about a year in which hunger, is, poverty is only increasing. Think about a year of profound political divides, deep uh, racial and social divides. Friends, for all of our technological advancement and all of our progress, we are not getting anywhere. We are stuck and we are flapping around in a panic. And that's not even to mention your personal lives. I'm sure if you were to think hard about this past year, you could think of numerous ways in which you have been stuck and have been unable to do anything about your own situation. I know that this is true in dramatic ways for some of you. Some of you have experienced profound loss, which has left you reeling. Some of you have struggled deeply with addictions or with a crippling illness. Uh, Some of you have found yourself in situations that are just simply so overwhelming 
and you don't know what to do. Friends, the truth is, is that there are many places in our lives where we're stuck and we can't do anything about it. I can't forgive myself of my own sin. You know, I can't heal myself of my own sorrow. I certainly can't save myself from my own death. I need help. We need help. We need somebody to show up and intervene. And that's what Christmas, before it's happy news, it is a verdict that says we, you and I, and every person on the planet need somebody to show up and do something before it's too late. Can you see that? Can you see that that's why he came? That's why he showed up. There's a lot of ways in which you can't save yourself and in which you're just plain stuck. You don't need just more information or a stronger will or more effort or clear resolutions. What we need is somebody to show up and save us to set us free. So that's the first, I think, great truth about this phrase. He came from the Father. He came because of our need. But the second thing I think that affirms that is beautiful is that not only did somebody come, but the one who came was God himself. Christians believe that this child born to Mary is not just some like great teacher or this very inspirational example or a profound prophet, but that we believe that this person is actually God in the flesh, that Christmas marks the literal day in history in which the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, came from the Father and entered into the world as a human being. That the one who came is God himself. And if that's true, friends, this tells us some astonishing and amazing things about God that you need to know. I mean, the first thing it says is that God loves you. That, that, that he loves you and that he loves the world and he loves every person in this world. One of the most basic ways that you know that somebody loves you is that they show up. They show up when you need them. About a year ago, uh, my family, we renovated our house, and so we had to move out of our house, and we had to move all of our furniture, everything in the house, into storage because we were, like, refinishing our floors and all of that. Now, this was a nightmare, and then the day came for us to move all of the furniture back in, and I foolishly believed and thought that I could move the entire contents of my house by myself with nothing but a borrowed pickup truck. <laughs> it, was, it was about an hour into this that I realized what a doofus I was. Um, and so what did I do? I made one call to my, one of my good friends, John. And I'm telling you, friends, he dropped everything. And within an hour, he showed up with a 20-foot U-Haul and six other guys. He showed up. And that's what love does. Love shows up in a time of need. About a few years ago, I went through a really uh, a personal crisis in my life. And a, one of my best friends who lives 500 miles away dropped everything, got on a plane, flew, and showed up on my doorstep to spend a weekend with me. Because you know what? That's what love does. Love shows up. And the Bible says over and over again that this is the kind of God that loves us. A God who, this is a phrase from the Bible, he hears the cries of his people. He hears their cries. He hears our fluttering panic. He hears the, 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 the desperate pleas of our heart. And he drops everything. Seriously. He drops everything. He makes himself vulnerable. He moves heaven and earth. And he comes. Love shows up and God is a God of love. But you know, that's not all. Because honestly, 
we don't just need anybody to show up. We don't just need love to show up. We need power. We need someone who actually has the power to do something about our situation, who can actually save us from our predicament, not just love, but power. Think, okay, let's go back to Sarah, okay? You're picturing Sarah in your mind, stuck on the side of the Powhite Express. So here I am, uh, in a panic, trying to find some empty fuel, fuel uh, gallons um, and whatever gas station that was open to get back to my wife. Well, in the meantime, this man, this very kind-hearted man, stopped. He, he took a risk. He pulled over. He got out of his car. He asked her if she was okay. He was actually quite a, um, a large, uh, muscular man uh, <laughs> who, was, who was tall and good-looking. Um, and... and uh, <laughs> Um, it was, you know, a little intimidating when I showed up and he was there. But guess what? He could do nothing. Because in that moment, what she needed, what my wife needed was not compassion, but someone with actual power to do something about her situation. She needed me. She, she needed the guy with the fuel can. Sorry, muscle man. You know? And friends, this is the good news of Christmas, is that the person who has shown up for you is not just full of love for you. He is the one with power because he is God himself. He, he, this child grew up to become a, a man who lived this beautiful life for you, to give to you. And he died a sacrificial death for you, for your sin. He rose triumphant over the grave to destroy death for you. The one who came is God himself, and therefore he is the only one who has the power to save you in love. He alone can heal your wounds. He alone can forgive your sins. He alone can mend your souls. He alone can conquer death, and he alone can make you new. He alone. And so this is why uh, the angels are singing, and the shepherds are running, and um, you know, like the little boys are drumming. You know, they, 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 this is why all of these people are doing these things at Christmas is because the one who came is not just like this sweet little inspirational baby, but is the God with the power and love to save. That is the truth of Christmas, friends. He came from the Father. And this tells us at least these two things, that you needed him to come because you were stuck in sin and death, and that the one who came is God himself, the one with love and the one with power. So um, what are you going to do in response to this? You know, I know that a lot of you are here for a lot of different reasons. I know that some of you are just here because you had to come with the person who brought you. That's cool. That's fine. <laughs> but I just want to suggest to you that maybe God actually does want you to be here. So there's a few things you could do to this in response to this. I think what the most basic thing you could do is to receive him. We sang this just a few minutes ago. Did you hear it? Joy to the world. The Lord has come. What comes next? Let earth receive her king. Very good class. You know the words. Um, yeah, that's what you do when somebody shows up, right? You receive them. You don't stand there at the door and say, hey, thanks for showing up. Just leave the package at the door. No, you, you open. You receive them. And that's, and that's what the first most basic, that's actually what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian is not going to church a lot or trying hard to be a nice person or, um, or like living a certain way or 
or voting in a certain way or anything like that. Please don't ever let someone tell you that that's what a Christian is. This is simply a Christian. It is someone who says, I need this money to come, and Jesus is the one who came for me. And I receive that. I receive him. That's it. And then to live a life in response to his grace. And actually, (laughs) this is what's great. The more messed up you are, and the less your life is together, the better position you're in to receive him because he comes for those that are stuck. And so all it means is saying, Jesus, yeah, I need help. I'm trapped. I'm tired of trying to fix my own problems and save my own life. I receive the one who came for me. And John says this amazing thing that you heard Bissola read. To all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. That's it. In receiving him, you receive everything. Mercy, forgiveness, grace, hope, purpose, meaning for your life. A place in the family of God forever as his beloved child. So yeah, receive him. Receive the one who came for you. Another thing you could do in response to this great message is rely on him. You know, there's a lot of you here that are Christians, but your spiritual life is feeling pretty empty. And a lot of you don't have a sense of God's presence. You don't feel connected to him on a daily basis. One of my favorite authors is a guy named Paul Miller. And he writes this, that one of the great secrets to a rich spiritual life, get this, is weakness. Getting in touch with your weakness. Rejecting the myth of self-reliance. Getting in touch with your profound need. And living every day in total reliance on God and God alone. It means using your struggles. You know, a lot of you are in really difficult marriages. A lot of you are are dealing with crippling pain every day. Um, Some of you are trying to parent a child that is constantly breaking your heart. Some of you find yourself in totally overwhelming problems that you don't know anything, you don't know what to do. Look, see these things as invitations. Uh, Receive these things as an opportunity to get in touch with your profound need and to rely on the one who didn't just come at Christmas, but who promises to come to all those every day who cry out for mercy and grace. Christmas means that God has not abandoned this world. He's not abandoned you. You are not abandoned. You are not alone. You are not alone in your pain. You are not alone in your sorrow, and you never will be. And though you do not see him, Jesus lives and his spirit is among us. And just as he came at Christmas, he continues to show up for us in every trial and struggle. So depend on him. Don't just see him as this little baby who came at Christmas so you can go to heaven when you die. See him as an active Lord who is ready to respond to your daily cries as you cry out to him in your time of need. And he will come. He will come in your pain. He will come and uphold you in your struggle. He will empower you in your weakness. And one day, he will come and he will make all things new. So rely on him every day. And finally, last thing is this, reflect him. Think about this. God showed up for you. Who might you need to show up for? He came from the Father when you needed him. Who might need you to show up for them? Y'all listen. Listen. There are a lot of people right now, and you know them. You know some of these people who are in pain, who is in trouble, someone who is in sorrow or who is alone, someone who is stuck, someone who might need you to show up, maybe even tonight. I know it's late. I mean, I know it's late, but it's never too late to show up. 
for somebody. It might mean texting them. It might mean calling them. It might be literally showing up on their doorstep tonight or tomorrow. You're not Jesus. (laughs) Either am I. But if you know Jesus, you are in union with him, and his spirit dwells within you. And Jesus calls all those who know him to be a part of his mission. And part of that means to show up in love and power for those who need help. So the church is the community of people who have been rescued from trouble. And now we, in the name of Jesus, show up for others in a world that is in trouble too. This is what we do, brothers and sisters. This is what we do, dear church. This is what Jesus did for us at great cost to himself. And this is now what we do for others and what we do for the world. So here's the good news. He came from the Father. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let's say together. Let earth receive her king. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you that uh, when we were trapped, when there was nothing that we could do about our situation, there's nothing we could do about our sin, um, about our sorrows, about our ailments, um, about our fragile bodies, and certainly about our death, you came. You came and not in splendor bright. You came uh, to love us. You came to live for us. You came to die for us. You came to rise for us. And you will come again, and you will make all things new. And we thank you that because of this night, we can have hope in a world that seems as crazy and dark as ours does sometimes. Thank you that there is the promise that we are never abandoned. Thank you that we can know you on a daily basis as we cry out to you in our need. And Lord, I do pray that if there is anyone here tonight who is feeling abandoned and who is feeling alone and who is feeling utterly overwhelmed and they don't know what to do, may tonight be the night that they cry out to you and that you show yourself strong, loving, and powerful for them. There is no need too small for you. There is no need too great for you. You come to us for them all. As we leave tonight, God, help us to be people who show up for other people, who show up even at great cost to us, even when it means risking ourselves, even when it means giving up something. Uh, May we show up for others in need as you have done for us. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the light of the world. Amen.